0: to yourself and to your desires so you can live the exact life you want. This is for you if you're ready to make major changes in your career, in your relationships, or within yourself. While I am a therapist, this is not a substitute for going to therapy. Hi! ooh, ooh. Welcome back! Another episode of Return a Podcast. Today's episode is I think it's going to just be the beginning of this topic. We're just going to scratch the surface. There's so much to say about this topic and before you're like, what is it? You already know because you saw the episode title, but we're talking all about burnout today on the podcast. I am even sharing my own experience with it and it's such a buzzword in 2023 and rightfully so. I pulled some statistics because I just couldn't help myself. And what I found was pretty staggering. So are you ready for the stats? 2023, 77% of the survey respondents said that they have felt burnt out at their current job with more than half citing more than one occurrence. Women are more likely to suffer from burnout than men. And over half of women in leadership positions say they feel burned out on a consistent basis. 86% of remote workers are experiencing burnout in their current positions. And 70% of in-person workers report the same feelings. And hybrid workers were somewhere in the middle at about 81%. Whoa. Obviously, this is a problem. And... Let's talk today about it more. I think the first step to quote-unquote solving this problem is one, talking about it, and two, bringing awareness to it and figuring out what we can do as individuals, but also collectively. There are some systemic things at play, which I'm going to get into But let's first just anchor ourselves in what is burnout. I feel like that word gets tossed around a lot. Thank you, TikTok and all of the things that have made all of these phrases really popular, which is so helpful, but we can define them in so many different ways. Burnout is a state of emotional and mental exhaustion. And here's the kicker, folks caused by excessive and prolonged stress. It occurs when you feel overwhelmed, emotionally drained and unable to meet constant demands. Let's break this down. It's caused by excessive and prolonged stress. So you don't just say one day you're burnt out and the next day you're not. You arrive to burnout after an extended period of stress. In your life. Stress and burnout go together like peanut butter and jelly. You would never get to burnout if you didn't experience all of the stress that comes before it. And for me, burnout occurs when that stress becomes more than our body can hold and create, right? If you think about your body as a container, in front of me is a glass of water. So let's just roll with this analogy really quick. Indulge me, if you will. And your stress level is water in a glass. Ultimately, if you're not doing something to empty out that glass that's filled with water, it's going to overflow. And that is when you reach burnout. When the container that you have been given in this lifetime, which is your body, has moved beyond its capacity to hold stress. And stress is a good thing sometimes. We want a certain amount of stress and anxiety to help us perform and get prepared, right? If we weren't nervous, we wouldn't have that drive and that motivation. And so stress can be a helpful motivator. It's helped us stay alive. You know, our fight, flight, freeze, and fawn response has literally helped us evolve as humans. So we're not completely discrediting it, but we're using this archaic system. I mean, this is the oldest part of our brain, the stress response system. And we are applying it to a 2023 world that has things like TikTok and people writing comments without ever seeing you or meeting you on the internet. And You now can literally work from your phone in your pocket if you need to. And you can work from anywhere in the world if you have a remote job. And the list goes on and on. It's pretty easy to realize how one might get to such a state. I mean, when we revisit those statistics, it's almost safe to say that the majority of people... Are experiencing burnout and or have experienced burnout which is why this is such an important topic burnout has five stages stage one is the honeymoon phase maybe you just started a job and your only stress or concern is that you don't know if you're gonna be good at this job and you don't really know what you're doing and you're trying to learn and you're trying to figure it out and everything is all good If we go back to my glass analogy, honeymoon stage is clean slate, there's barely any water in your glass. Stage two is the onset of stress. Stress happens, right? We live in a really, really stressful world these days, and it's safe to say that unless you cultivate your own food and live off of the grid and don't really have a cell phone, And even then, you might be stressed because if your crops don't come in or... Anyways, I'm going on a tangent, but you get what I'm saying. It's hard to avoid stress. So stage two, all of us will reach, right? The onset of stress. Stress happens. So we have some stress. So if we stick with this glass analogy, it would be like pouring some water into your glass. There goes the stress, right? But it's not totally full yet. And then stage three is when we start to experience chronic stress. This for me happens when we have a stressful boss at work, let's say, and every single day we have to interact with this person. That is chronic stress. Every single day you're getting water poured in that glass because the stressor, the thing that causes us stress or you stress, is right there in your face every single work day. So we have chronic stress. And if we're not dumping out our glass every single day, then it's going to eventually overflow. And that's stage four, which is burnout. And then when we've had that glass overflowing for an extended period of time, that's when we experience chronic burnout. Now, I know what you might be thinking. You're probably sitting there going, oh, shit this is me, here's what to look for and how to identify it in yourself or others. There will be symptoms and signs and it can look like exhaustion, specifically emotional exhaustion, really feeling like you just don't have the capacity to be available emotionally anymore. Sometimes this sounds like a partner, your partner's having a bad day and you don't even want to listen because you don't feel like you have the space, which is really not you, that could be a sign of burnout. Headaches and stomach issues, the gut to brain connection is so very real and our bodies will be absolutely letting us know if we're stressed and so lots of headache and stomach issues can occur when you're experiencing burnout. Isolation and escape fantasies. So, if you notice yourself isolating more, and remember, we just spent the last fun filled years going through a global pandemic where we've already been in isolation. So, it's no surprise to me that emerging from this time, we would be experiencing increased rates of burnout and we've already been isolated. But if you are feeling like you want to continue to stay isolated or you have this fantasy that every single day you quit your job but you haven't quit it yet or you just can't stop thinking about sending a raging email to that boss that is awful, this can be a sign of burnout. Another sign is irritability or a change in your behavior. So for me, this really looked like, when I experienced burnout, this looked like not being able to sleep in in a really extreme way. And when I say that, I would have trouble falling asleep, but also my body would be so wired and so in that fight or flight mode all of the time. That when I went to close my eyes, I just, my body couldn't calm down. It's basically like you're flying at mock speed all of the time, and then suddenly you're just expected to turn off the engine and, and stop. It's like if you have ever done a distance run and you've run and you've run and you've run so much, and then if you just completely stop moving, it becomes even harder to start moving again because your body has just become used to it. So you really wanna watch that change in behavior, that irritability, and then frequent illnesses. Oh my goodness. It took me several years to recover from burnout, and even in the recovery process, I was still getting sick so often. So these are the things that you wanna look out for within the context of burnout. Some questions that can be helpful to ask yourself are questions like how is my sleep and how are my energy levels, how are my emotions, checking in, seeing if you've been feeling overwhelmed or feeling like you want to escape. With the list of symptoms that I provided, just seeing what symptoms might resonate for you. Were there a few on that list that you were like, yep, 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 that's me. And the final question I would invite you to think about is how engaged do I feel with my family and my friends? How engaged do I feel at work? If you've noticed that there are parts of you that have felt like they want to disconnect more from everything and everyone, it's really possible that you might be experiencing burnout. And listen, how helpful are those parts? They're telling you, hey, all of this is too much. This is too much. If we tune in to our bodies, they're always giving us information about what we need. But we've been so disconnected from our bodies and our culture and throughout history that it can be difficult to reconnect in and return to you and to what you're experiencing. Here's the part of the episode where I talk about what happened to me. If you didn't know already in my early 20s to mid 20s, I worked in the corporate world. I worked in marketing. I worked for the same company pretty much throughout my short corporate tenure. And I say short, you know, over just five or six years. And once I had gotten an established role in the company, I was a full-time employee. I was no longer working in a paid internship. I was working there and working so hard to prove myself. Now, I'm a projector in human design, so if you know anything about human design, you know that as a projector, it's really important to be seen and recognized for our gifts. And sometimes this can look like working really, really hard. And this is also just wanting to show people that you're good at your job, right? And that you know what you're doing. Because early 20-year-olds, like 20-something Caitlin, wanted to climb that corporate ladder. I wanted success. I wanted to validate my experience in undergraduate and say, hey, I want to be this quote unquote successful person that I had in my mind because I'd never really asked myself what I wanted. So I'm working at this job and the company was not a startup but we were growing really quickly and experiencing all of this success but we couldn't really hire people quickly enough or there was was a bottleneck somewhere. And so we were ta- we were working long hours. And when I say long hours, it was, you know, seven to seven. So 12 hour days sometimes, sometimes longer, especially during typical seasons. And I know geographically in some areas like New York City, it's like, oh, what are you complaining about? That's a totally normal New York work day. And okay, I hear that for me this was a lot of time to be spending at work and it was way too much for my body because in addition to the amount of time, the level of stress that I put on myself but also that was expected of me was a lot and I was checking my email all the time to quote-unquote prove how great I was and to be honest, it worked I got a promotion and then I got another promotion and it only further validated those hard-working attentive parts of me and I remember this moment in my kitchen in my first apartment that I rented with my salary and I remember sitting on the floor, and I had called a friend that I hadn't spoken to in a long time, and this friend, he was asking me, how is everything going? And I said, oh, I think this is just, like, life. Isn't everyone miserable, and I'm not sleeping, and isn't this just how it's supposed to be? And he laughed, and he was like, I don't think so, Caitlin. Like, I'm not sure about that. But because I had been in this environment where the people around me, even I still have friends to this day that were part of that experience with me, we thought that that's how things should be. And eventually things got better and they hired more people and I was able to sort of naturally move out of working those hours, but funnily enough... I then made the decision a few year like two years later to go back to school and get my master's and do what I do now and become a therapist. And I found this program in Colorado that allowed me to get my master's on the weekend so I could keep my full-time job and then go to school on the weekends. And that's when the real <laughs> burnout settled. That was stressful, yes, anyone who's tried to juggle those competing priorities, yet what I didn't get at that time that I can so clearly see now is that I had already been, my body had already been through burnout and instead of taking the time I needed to heal, I continued to move forward at that pace When I even reflect on my experience in college and having multiple jobs to be able to just pay my bills and make things happen, I realized that I had always been operating at this level and it made me really curious about for how long have I been sustaining this type of output and go 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 when my body especially being a projector in human design and not having an energy center so I don't generate my own energy I need a lot of rest the creator of human design says that projectors are meant to work four hours a day (laughs) and that's really it and here I was doing all of the things and the cost for me was heavy. It cost me a relationship with my body because I was so disconnected from it because it was screaming at me and I just had parts that were like, "Nope, you're fine. Keep going. Keep achieving." It cost me time and space and calmness for sure. And I sit here saying all of this because I don't want it to cost you those things. If you can recognize it earlier in yourself if you can get the support that you need or support yourself in turning things around if we as a society can have a collective conversation about this topic and change our expectations for our employees so that we can keep them in the long term that is what's most important here in fact they found in this same study that employees whose managers were willing to listen to their work-related problems are 62 percent less likely to be burnt out there is so much we can do on a collective basis to support this if you are in a leadership role a decision-making role an employer you don't want your employees burning out for sure In my pockets of burnout, I was not doing my best work and quite frankly, it's what made me end up wanting to leave the company slash companies I was working for and also is what made me want to get out of the corporate world. I was like, no, absolutely not. This life is not sustainable for me and that was such a pivotal decision and pivotal moment in my journey and now I sit here with a lot of time freedom and so much gratitude for that but also so much gratitude for 25 year old Caitlin who was like nah I'm not doing this for the rest of my life. I want to zoom in right now on this really really important concept that I have talked to many many companies about to their employees about and Usually in the feedback, this is the thing that people say, whoa, this knowledge changed my life. And a lot of this can be found in the book Burnout, The Secret to Unlocking the Stress Cycle by Emily and Amelia Nagoski, which I will link in the show notes. But to understand this concept is the key, in my opinion, to unlocking... Now and understanding it and understanding how we can get ourselves out of those situations and spaces and places and what we can do instead to support it. And I'm not saying this is just simply a you problem, an individual problem. This is a societal thing. As I alluded to in my story, it was ingrained in me. I grew up playing competitive sports and I have this image of me changing my clothes in the back of my parents' car, like taking off my soccer shin guards and cleats and putting on my basketball socks and shoes and rushing off to the next thing. And I'm so grateful that I had those experiences. But also, I know there is a larger component to how we as an American society, but even as a global society what our expectations are of people and the disconnection that we've had okay let's dive into this stress and burnout and completing the stress cycle here's what I'm hoping you'll walk away with I want you to walk away with knowing how all of this works so How do we even get to this burnout phase? I told you, stress and burnout go together like peanut butter and jelly. Stress is the peanut butter, burnout is the jelly, boom, you have a sandwich. But stress always comes first. So we experience what science calls a stressor. That is the thing that causes us stress. So for me, it was my job. One of the first bosses I had at the time who thought that if she was working 12, 13-hour days, that her employees should also be working that hard and she had that expectation of us. And so I would rush into the office before 7 in the morning to try to beat her there and show what a dedicated employee I was. And this was causing me stress. This was my stressor. Our bodies, in all of their perfection, then activate... Our stress response system and as I was saying earlier our stress response system is the oldest sort of component to our brain it's what's helped keep us alive it's known as your fight flight freeze and fawn response and it gets activated because it's like whoa danger our human is experiencing stress what do we do our bodies want us to do something so that we can survive. So let's rewind the tape for just a moment. Back in the day, when we were trying to evolve as humans and we were hunters and gatherers, we really needed this part of our brain because it told us things like, yo, there is a tiger. We are going to save you time, so you don't have to think about what to do here, and we're going to activate your stress response system and you're going to start running. And then. In the process of running, your body was like, oh, okay, cool. They're still alive because they're they're running, right? If you were dead, (laughs) you wouldn't be running anymore. You'd be eaten by a tiger. So that's how this response system works. Stressor, aka tiger, body kicks off the stress response system and is like, hey, human, fight or flight or freeze or do something make a decision and then human is like okay gotcha and we either play dead like we did with the tiger freeze we fight that tiger and we're like listen you're going down I have this spear I'm gonna fight you or we run away and we get out of the situation safely so we are taking action right Okay, thank you so much. We've all evolved and stayed alive thanks to the stress response system. Now, let's come back to the 2000s. In my case, this was like, I don't know, 2010 to 2015 or something. There's a boss that our brain still perceives as a tiger, Listen, this part of our brain is not sophisticated, okay? It's very, very simple. It's like, alert, there is a stressor. Alert, stress response system activated. Please complete the stress cycle. And that's it. They're not like analyzing for sophistication. No. So our brain and our bodies still perceive that boss as a tiger, so then when my boss would come to me and say something like I need you to work on this report and I need sweet to on today and it was 4:30 and I was planning to leave at 5 because I'd been there since 7 my body was like oh shit stress <laughs> alert you were supposed to go you know get drinks with a friend or whatever and now my stress response system is activated I'd remember at the beginning of this podcast when I went through the stages of burnout with you and I told you about stage two, which is the onset of stress. This one example is already stage two. The honeymoon phase is baseline, is kind of neutral, is that empty glass of water. And stage two, this onset of stress, this stressful boss situation, aka the tiger, is already pouring into my cup. And now my body is being asked to make a decision, choose a response. But this is 2023, right? I'm not telling you you should run away from your boss. That would be weird. (laughs) I'm not telling you you should literally fight your boss, although there might be parts of you that want to. So that could be a healthy, imaginative exercise (laughs) at some point. And I'm not telling you to just freeze and stare at your boss, although that might be the most likely response that's quote-unquote work culture appropriate. So what happens if we aren't communicating to our bodies through fighting or flighting or freezing that we're still alive? Then what happens? What happens is our body... Holds on to that and is like, oh shit, are you okay? Hey, friend, are you okay? And then we never give it a response or we might not give it a response. And then we're like, "Uh uh-oh. Our body is like, we don't know. I guess we're still stressed. I guess we're still in danger. So we're going to keep holding that inside our bodies And then you get up and do that again the next day, and the next day, and the next day. And now you can see how very simple it is to get your quote-unquote cup, so to speak, your body overflowing with stress, right? I've got this question a few times in presentations when I talk about this in, in corporations, And the question is, well, can I just tell my brain and just tell myself I'm not stressed? It's just my boss. It's okay. That would be great. But what you are telling me is you are wanting to speak Spanish to your English-speaking system. Your stress response system only understands movement and breath, It doesn't understand thoughts and rational thoughts at that. There is no way that you can rationalize this information. It's just not the same communication system. And so you're like, okay, what do I do? What do I do? Here's what you do. There are a few known and scientifically proven ways to complete the stress cycle why is it so important to complete the stress cycle? If you haven't picked up on it by now, it's cool. I'm going to tell you. When we don't complete the stress cycle, meaning when we don't take some kind of action to let our stress response system know that we're no longer under stress, then that stress builds up in our bodies and that leads to chronic stress and chronic stress leads to burnout. So, you gotta let them know. You gotta let it know that you are a-okay and everything's fine. But remember, you can't just tell it with a thought or say like, hey, it's just my boss, relax. That doesn't happen. So it's, again, this physiological response and it requires communication via movement and breath. Guess what else happens? at least this happened to me, when my boss would come to me at 6 p.m. and say, I need this in an hour, and by the way, you need to be here at 7 in the next morning, and, you know, whatever would happen in my young 20-something body. We start to hold our breath. I would invite you to notice right now where you're breathing from. Are you breathing from your chest or from your belly? Even me, when I notice that just now, I'm breathing from my chest. I'm breathing in a shallow way. I'm excited, I'm talking about this topic that I feel very passionate about. I want you to really understand it. I'm not breathing from my belly. When we're breathing from our chests, we're still clenching and holding, and our body is like, ooh, we might be stressed. So what can we do? to complete the stress cycle and let our bodies know that we are okay. Well, speaking of breathing, breathing is the quickest way to remind the stress response system that you're okay. Why? Let's go back to our friends, the cave people, the tiger. If the stressor, the thing that we were being threatened by was a tiger, if we were still breathing, we were still alive. We hadn't been eaten, right? So this is the quickest way to just let your body know that you're cool. Why does meditation help? This is why. Meditation helps with stress. But you don't have to meditate. If you're like, ugh, if someone else tells me to meditate, I'm going to freak out. I'm going to lose it. Listen, I was heavy skeptical on meditation myself. This is a different podcast episode, but you get my point. The easiest thing you can do, and you can do this right now as you're listening, unless you're driving and then remind yourself and come back to it, put your hands on your belly and take a deep breath out and take another deep breath in and just hold your hands on your belly as you breathe in and out. This is belly breathing. This lets your body know you're cool. If I would have known this at 23 years old, I could have saved myself a whole lot of stress. All I needed to do after my boss came to my desk was sit and do this. You don't even have to put your hands on your belly. Just breathe from your belly for a few minutes. And while this isn't going to work every single time, all the time, it's the quickest way to remind your stress response system that you are okay. The next thing you can do is movement. And this is the most effective way to communicate with the stress response system. Why, why do you ask? Well, again, back to our friend, the tiger, when we were trying to survive, when we ran, our Stress response system was like, oh, thank God she's running. Okay, we're cool. Everybody calm down. It's all good. So even when you go for that walk or when you do go for a run or when you lift weights, you would not be able to do these things if your body was being attacked. Sitting on your couch watching Netflix doesn't count. Your body doesn't know that you're moving And so you're a busy person. I know this about you. Something we have in common, right? This is an invitation to you to figure out how can you create more opportunities for movement in your day. My partner laughs at me because if you are a friend of mine and we've ever chatted on the phone... And 95% of the time, I'm walking around while we're talking. That's easy. Just talking to my people, walking around, letting my body know, hey, it's cool, I'm alive. And not in like an obsessive fitness, I need to be fit kind of way, but more just like, ooh, let me help my body out. I've had a really stressful week. These aren't the only two things that you can do, though. A lot of focus on connection actually helps us complete the stress cycle, which is why isolation, though it is a symptom of burnout, is so damaging. So what else can you do? Positive social interaction. Emphasis on the positive. Do not call that person that's going to activate your stress response system even more. Please, please don't do it. Call someone. Who is going to validate your experience? Who is going to just listen? Who is going to be available to listen? And have that positive social interaction. Happy hour exists for a reason. We already do these things naturally without even thinking about them. But the reason we're talking about this, I'm talking about this now, is now you can do them in a more intentional way. Affection shows that just a 20-second hug automatically reduces stress and helps you complete the stress cycle. So hug your loved ones. Creative expression. I cannot explain to you how long it took me to get back to all of my creative parts that were just so free-flowing when I was a kid. I used to make up songs and dances. I won't get into the embarrassing stuff, but Creative expression is freedom. You cannot be creative when you are under stress. When you're being chased by a tiger, you're not also going to be making up a song, right? So creative expression can be such a beautiful way to complete the stress cycle. And then laughing or crying, that emotional expression to release stress it's so 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 important it's so healthy it's such a release if you had a bad day and you're like movement no positive social interaction i don't want to talk to anybody turn on some comedy laugh laugh or cry or laugh and cry which is just absolutely one of my favorite emotions you're probably sitting there going well who has time for all of that you do You have time, and there might be things getting in the way of you prioritizing that time and using it intentionally, but these things I'm offering are grounded in science. If you want to know more, check out the book, The Secret to Unlocking the Stress Cycle by Emily and Amelia Nagoski. Boundaries are key here. It's important to continue to check in with yourself and make a conscious effort. Is this the end-all be-all of burnout? No. We have just scratched the surface, just taken a look at the tip of the iceberg. There's going to be so much more on this, but I would love to hear from you about what you're taking away from this episode, what came up for you, what you want to know more about with burnout because it's a topic clearly that I'm very passionate about, and i This was more of an individual lens. In the future, I would love to do a more systemic lens and approach to burnout. I did not even talk about the women-specific stuff around all of this. So send me your feedback. I absolutely love hearing from you, and I can't wait until another episode. Until then, have a great week and take care. Thank you for listening to another episode of Return. Don't forget to share this episode with your friends. And if you leave a review, five stars, I would be forever grateful.